Welcome to the House Church Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message by Pastor Stephen Sexton. If you would like to know more about the House Church, please visit our website at welcometothehouse.com or download the House app. I tell you, it's crazy to see life, and sometimes, I don't know if you do this, but you ever categorize life as impossible or possible? And if we're not careful, it's very easy to abandon the dream in our heart because of automatic responses. You know, something doesn't work out, something, you know, we, we thought this was gonna work out, we thought college or school, or we thought that this loan, or we thought whatever it was that it was gonna work out, and it didn't work out the way we thought, and it's like, huh. And you know you need to get over it, but you kinda wanna stay there for a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know I can't be here for long, but I'm gonna go swim in this for a little bit, you know? I, call it self-pity, call it, you know, uh, uh, assumption, call it broken dream, but I'm just, I'm frustrated that it didn't turn out the way I wanted. And here's, the hap- here's what happens. It's easy to suppress our dream because of negative experiences and withered potential. It's easy. We understand that God is not against us, but that God is for us. And he understands how to change adversity. And we've got to make sure that we interpret adversity correctly. Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. We don't serve a God who is distant. We serve a God that has done everything that he can do to be present. And so it is the enemy that comes in and tries to tell us that God is distant or he created all this and now he doesn't care. But no, 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 he's, he cares. He created an intimate setting to walk with man. He sent Jesus to die for man. He gave the Holy Spirit to teach man. God cares about relationship. And I love the fact that God knows that we're prone to fear, discouragement, adversity. But he can hold us and he can help us. And that's what this verse says. This morning I want to look at a passage in the Bible that shows us how God is for us and that he doesn't overlook us and he doesn't marginalize us based on our income or our past or or, or our background. Our passage today is Mark chapter 3. Let's go ahead and turn there. Mark chapter 3. And we're going to have to, I know some of you think, Stephen, you talk fast. I'm fixing to talk faster. (laughs) Mark chapter 3, verse 1 through 6. And before I get into it, it's a powerful story where Jesus once again teaches what the kingdom of God is about. You know, it's very easy for us to forget what the kingdom of God is about, especially when you see Irma coming. You've just seen all of these hurricanes and you're like, man, where is God? If there was a great God and he was all loving, why would bad things happen? And it's hard for us to reconcile a good God and life. It's hard for that because if God was so good, then then no bad thing would happen. But the reality is this. A lot of times adversity shows us more what's in us. If there were no adversity, come on, if there were no giants, then there would be no victory. And and I think that sometimes we interpret it where we would like a a, a easy life. But come on, I'm here today because life wasn't easy. And I know you're here today because life wasn't easy. And all of us have had setbacks or moments where it was very hard, very frustrating, hard to walk through it. But it taught you something. It produced some character in you. It became, it made you stronger. Does it make sense? 
By this time, the words and works of Jesus are starting to blow up, man. Jesus is going viral, and it's crazy because there is no social media at this moment. You know what I'm saying? But people are hearing about Jesus' miracles, what he's doing, how he's, how he's working, what he's talking about, his wisdom. People are enamored with Jesus. And they're trying to figure out, is he or isn't he the long-awaited Messiah? And why does he do the things that he does? And it's amazing how if you look at the different characters in the New Testament, there were always different interpretations of who Jesus was. The government saw Jesus as a conqueror. The religious saw Jesus as a threat. Some thought of Jesus as a teacher. The disciples saw him as a prophet. And the needy saw Jesus as a friend. Today, I'm going to ask you a question. What is your interpretation of who Jesus is? Is Jesus a sugar daddy that doles out? Is Jesus hard? Is he a taskmaster? Is Jesus loving and compassionate? Is he a coach? Is Jesus a critic? You know, the reality is we all have interpretations based on our life on how we think or what we think about Jesus. And today I want us to see a story that really, I think, brings some clarity into who Jesus is. Maybe you're here today and this is your first time back at church in a long time. And can I tell you that you're the bravest people in the world. It's hard to walk into a church that you don't know anybody. It's hard. You have no idea what is going to happen. Oh, uh, I remember when we moved up here, we started going to church. It's just to go to church because I was going to have my family in church. And it was amazing. I love church. I'm for church. I was going to plan a church. But I walked into church and I was like... You know, I mean, it's just, it's, and so I remember, I remember it. And, but I want us to see today that, that Jesus is someone who cares. He's someone who loves. He's someone who encourages. And by the time that we end together, I think that you're going to have a better understanding of his heart and his power. In this story, Jesus, we see him do another wonderful miracle. And can I tell you, before we get into this, don't get used to ordinary don't get used to ordinary. I, I understand that we've got to manage our life and there's choices and we've got to pay our bills and we've got to, I mean, the reality is we've got to live life. And some people have got to learn how to live it better than they're learning it. They're living it. But, but don't, don't forget that every, everything is not just ordinary. God can do supernatural moments. Supernatural things can happen. The prayers that you're praying can be answered. Does that make sense? I don't want us to get into all of our life is about trying to handle our morality and we're just trying to be good people. And so I'm doing all this work so that I can have a clear conscience and be a good person. I don't think that Jesus died so that you would be a great person. I don't think Jesus died on the cross so that you could just live a little bit better than your parents. I believe he died on the cross because he wanted you to have freedom and breakthrough. And some of that was going to be supernatural and some of that was going to be natural. Does that make sense? Yeah. We serve a God that can supernaturally intervene. And we have to learn that while we have to live every day, it's okay to operate in faith. It's okay to believe. It's okay to believe that a situation where your family can turn around. It's okay to believe that a situation where your finances can turn around. It's okay that, that this hard season can get easier and I'm going to stand on faith. Sometimes we need a little bit of help to manage what we're thinking. Let's read this, Mark chapter 3, verse 6. And he entered the synagogue again, and a man who was there with a withered hand, and so we watched him closely, whether 
So they, they, they were the, the, the Pharisees, the religious people of the day, whether he would heal him on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him. And he said to the man who had the withered hand, step forward. Everybody say, step forward. Step forward. And then he said to him, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save a life or to kill? But they kept silent. And when he looked around, he, saw, he looked around with anger, being grieved by the hardness of their heart. And he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out, and his hand was restored and whole as the other. I want to walk through a thought here. And my thought is that our people would continue to stretch out their hand. My assignment today is stretch out your hand. I believe that there are some truths that can empower us and the dream inside of us. Because in this moment, let's contemplate the complexity of this text. The tradition and the transformer are about to collide. The religious and the righteous king are about to have conflict. Jesus walks into a room, a bunch of critics, fake news, hard hearts. The reality is none of these people want Jesus to do anything but do the form. Just do the form. Just do what we do. Don't rock the boat. Don't say anything. Don't do anything. Just do what we do. And if you don't do what we do, then we're going to accuse you. It's interesting that the word accuse is there because we know from other parts of the Bible that there is one accuser of the brethren. Who is that? That is the enemy. The enemy is the one who accuses the brethren. Jesus wasn't against the law. He was for life. And over time, they became so addicted to the law that they forgot about people. Do you know that there were times, and you can look over the Jewish history, where there were actually one time a Roman, empire, Roman emperor went to attack the Jewish people on the Sabbath because they knew that the Jews wouldn't fight back. They were conquered and enslaved. Come on, let me tell you something. I take a Sabbath, but you come to my house, we fight every day. You know, I mean, I'm just saying, I take a Sabbath, but don't just walk up into my house trying to take it. Oh, Jesus, we're going to lay hands. You know, I'm just... But, but the reality is, they were so bound to the law that there was no life. There was no life. He didn't hit up the synagogue so that he could grow his ministry. Jesus wasn't there to network and hand out business cards. Hey, how you doing? I'm the new I'm the son of God. I'm kind of in town for a while. Hey, want to follow me? I mean, it, it wasn't any of that. And I'm not saying that that's bad, but Jesus was in a situation where there were very little friends. God, I don't want a church like that. If we become a church like that, I'm shutting the door and I'm going to another church because I, I don't want to be a church that's around a bunch of critics. Yeah. Where, where people, huh, huh. What'd you do this weekend? Huh? Figured. What are you driving? Huh? Mm, okay. You know, what do you make? What do you do? What do you? It's amazing how in church we can get so focused on everything that doesn't matter. And Jesus was trying to correct perspective and say, guys, are you serious? You're more committed to the law than you are to this life? See, because they thought the law was heavy, God gave the law so that people would be free. Yeah. He didn't give it so that it would be heavy, 
the, the, the children of Israel were in captivity and bondage for generations. They did not know how to govern themselves. They had a taskmaster. Pharaoh was over them. Do this. Go to bed. Wake up. Go to bed. Make bricks. Do this. He told them how he was controlling their life. They made no decisions. So when they came out of Egypt, they had to have a way to function. They didn't know, they were slaves. They didn't know how to function. How do we prepare our own food? How do we parent our family? Who tells us when to go to bed? I remember when I started uh, our church and I had been traveling for three years and, and was kind of my own business owner. But I remember starting and I had worked 17 and a half years under a pastor and I came into work the first day and I was like, what's my list? <laughs> it took me like six months to, to get to the fact that I'm my own boss. I can go to work when I want. I can do what I want. I didn't know how to schedule. I didn't know what to do. I, I, I was used to being told what to do. Does it make sense? Yeah. And so the, the, the Egyptians had, had, had enslaved God's people and they did not know how to function. So God gave them the Ten Commandments. If you'll do this and you'll do this and you'll do this and you'll do this, your people group will thrive. It was about life. It wasn't about death. God wasn't saying, I freed you to kill you if you don't do what I tell you to do. You jack up one time. I'm telling you, I got lightning bolts in both hands. I'm ready to fry and die, baby. It don't matter to me. The law was given to set up people to win. If I keep God first, I'm going to win in every area. If I, if I don't take his name in vain and I don't make his name common, come on. I'm going to win in my life. God, 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 oh God. If, as soon as I make a name common, it's no longer anointed. God knew that. If I don't spend any time with God, if I don't rest, if I just work and grind, I will become distracted in my life. That's why I've got to back up from my effort and I've got to take a moment and I've got to reflect on the goodness of God. These are the, does it make sense? God wasn't waiting to kill and destroy everybody. And it's interesting that the Ten Commandments, the first four are, the first four have to do with God and the last six have to do with man. Keep me holy. Keep me first. Isn't it amazing that the next one right after dealing with God is honor your father and mother? That's like the hardest one in the world. And if you think that God wrote that in order of priority, think about this. Honoring your father and mother is more important than not killing, stealing, or committing adultery. You know, I'm just, people are like, I'm calling my mama today. <laughs> God set up a way for families to function. You cannot function if you hate your parents. It's going to split up family. You cannot stay together and parent if you have affairs. You cannot, well, uh, we're not under the law anymore. We're, I understand Jesus saved us. But if you're thinking that this still doesn't produce a society that will win, it will. We got some believers that now think because Jesus' blood on the cross has freed me that I don't have to, I'm not bound to any of this. Well, all I'm saying is this. 
If you don't keep God first, if you make God's name common, if you never time, take time to connect with God, if you, does that make, I'm, can we just go, you're going to have a hard life. It's harder. You understand if I start having sex with every woman I see, my life's going to be harder. My kids aren't going to want to have relations. But we've made it, oh, we're not under the law. I know we're not under the law. We're under grace. Thank God I can't do all of it anyway. But the reality, it was set up for you to, to thrive. Yeah. And if we forget that and we make it heavy, then here's the deal. When it's heavy, we don't heal. And that's the, that's the setup and the context that Jesus is talking about is you guys have made this so heavy that you're telling me someone in need cannot be ministered to because of the heaviness of the law? You've missed it. Yeah. You've, you've missed it. Does this make sense? Are you, are you with me? Yeah. Listen, Jesus drew the attention of the who's who in the day. He walks into the synagogue and he shows us four ways that he does ministry. He shows us four ways that he does ministry. Jesus comes in and immediately he sees the man in need and he heals and restores. That's what Jesus does. I don't ever want anybody coming in here feeling like they're too broken. Well, if I come in here, boy, the walls of the church will fall down. Let them fall, baby. Because the reality is you're not too broken and you're not too lost and you're not too gone. We know that God is still a healer and God is still in the business of restoring dead areas of our life. And today I want to submit to you that there is, if there's something that's been withered in you, it can come alive again. Today, you, you don't have to live withered. Your hope, is your hope withered? Did a bill just come in? Did you just get a doctor's report? Did the school just call you? Are you in a season where it's really hard and you have no hope? Your faith. You prayed for something and it didn't happen the way you thought it would happen. And, and now you, you know God is good, but there is something now between you and God. And there's an issue. And you come to church and, and you're coming because you like and you honor God, but there is a love issue. Come on, if you're married, you know what I'm talking about. I can love my wife, I can like my wife, but if she does something, you know, very rarely she never does. But, but, and, and, and I, I'm, I'm processing or I do something, it's more of me doing it, honestly. Uh, and, and so she's having to process something, even though we haven't moved out, even though we're still together, even though divorce is not an option, there is something between us. And we gotta get it handled. And I'm telling you that the enemy comes in when you back up from the presence of God. Yeah. What's between you and him? Your confidence. Maybe your job, you failed. You, 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 tried, to, I mean, you tried to do something awesome. You went and gave this uh, idea. You, you tried to do this job and all of a sudden you failed. They didn't like your proposal. They didn't like what you did. You got fired, and you're trying to figure out how to rebound, but you're frustrated. And you're like, God, you said you would never leave me and forsake me, but right about now, 
feeling a little lonely. Your security? Come on. Everything in your life feels up in the air right now. You feel off balance. You feel like, I, I, all I want to do is love God and serve Him, but I've got seven roads and I have no idea which one to take. Your identity? Maybe because life has been moving so fast or it's been hard that you know what? You don't even know who you are anymore. You ever look over your life and go, man, I've changed. This is not who I used to be. I used to be happy. I used to be. I'm telling you that God can take those withered things and bring them back to life. And we serve a God that is never done. So I'm asking you, don't be done. Don't be done. Don't be done. Hang on. Help is on the way. I'm going to continue this sermon next week. And I really believe that God is going to input something into your life. And I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to read this section one more time before you come. And then we're going to pull out four thoughts in ministry that Jesus wants us to have as the body of Christ. And so as we end, here's, what, here's all I want to do. I'm, something really simple. Is, is something withered in you? Has something been withered in you? Are you in a place where you know what? Some of those lists, actually you listed six things, Stephen. I'm probably all six. You know what? And here's the deal. I've been there too. I've been there too. But I'm telling you this. That don't leave here discouraged. Don't leave here confused. Don't leave here thinking that, you know what? There is no hope for me. There is no hope for my life. I've jacked up everything I've ever touched. I'm probably still going to. There was a man who walked into the synagogue. He had a withered hand. And I like this guy. And here's why I like him. Because even though he was broken, he was in the right place. There's something about it in your life when you can praise and be in the right place even though you have a limp. Even though, come on, you don't feel normal. Even though you feel like everybody's staring at this, I'm still going to be in the right place. And, And my encouragement to you is don't leave here and be in the wrong place. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message ministered to you. Feel free to let us know on the Connect tab of the House Church app. We hope you have a great week.